but it took me two years, eight breakups, and my friends encouraging me to get out of this relationship. Now, it wasn't abusive or anything like that. It was just a matter of convenience. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research. And today I'm here with Mike Matoni, who will be telling us about his worst investment ever. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Glad to be here. Yeah. All right. So before we get started, I'll share your background with our listeners. Mike Matoni has been the CEO of New Directions for the past 23 years and also the CEO of Crossroads and Beacon Health for the past seven years in Cleveland, Ohio. Mike did his undergrad and graduate work in, in studies at Cleveland State University focusing on marketing, marketing and quality improvement as his primary field of study. He began his career as a supervisor at Huron Road Hospital in 1985 and eventually worked his way up through the industry to his current position. Mike, do you have anything you want to add to this? Tell us about your personal life. <laughs> well, I just inherited uh, uh, two dogs and a cat. So I'm not sure that uh, I'm not going to talk about that on this investment, the worst investment, but I'm wondering. I'm wondering about that. Uh, these animals in my house. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Well, you're going to have some fun with those, I'm sure. Now, um, I'm going to tell a story of my personal life to the audience here for a moment. In a rare breakout, I'm going to tell you that Mike and I have a very special relationship because when I was a punk-ass kid, a young kid stuck, you know, addicted to drugs and alcohol and anything else that got me high, I got into a treatment center called New Direction. So I was in rehab and Mike was my counselor. And we've kept our friendship and relationship for from that day to today. And that's 35 years of sobriety in my case, but also 35 years of respect and friendship. So it's a really special time to have Mike on the show. Now, I'm going to tell you another thing. I told a friend of mine that we were doing that, and he asked me, hey, was Mike your worst, in, or was, were you Mike's worst investment ever? I said, I think I was a shining star. <laughs> so, Mike, before sharing your story, tell us about your level of investing experience and what type of investment you're going to tell us about today. Well, I'm going to, I'll start with the second question, Andrew. I'm going to talk about re relational investment. And mm. uh, I think it's something that everybody uh, invests in, whether you're investing in money. We all look at investing in our relationships, whether it be family or relatives or significant others. Fantastic. So in some ways, when we talk about our worst investment ever, we're really talking ultimately about time. That's our major resource, whether we're allocating that to relationships, money, investment, work, all those things. So I'm excited. So Mike, why don't you set the stage for our listeners? Describe the circumstances leading up to this worst investment and tell us your story. Well, I'm a 16-year-old uh, pimply-faced kid in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I'm, I'm highly Catholic, and I like this girl, and I like her a lot. And I, so we start going out when I'm, I'm age 16, and over the next two years, I'll give you the end story, the end story of this, but then I'll back into it. 
she broke up with me eight times during this two-year period from 16 to 18. And the reason I know she broke up with me eight times is my friends, good friends, kept count. And so when we first uh, got together, I always thought that uh, she was great and we had a great relationship. She lived in the neighborhood. She was Catholic. So that, that, was, a, that was a plus for my parents. So we, we, we got together, and as, as young people do in high school. But she wasn't too keen on me all the time. So every now and then she'd break it off. Uh, so the first time was three months into the relationship. And this was a pattern that repeated itself over the, you know, when I was a sophomore in high school. And then I was a junior in high school. And then finally a senior in high school. And it culminated with us going to prom, which in America is a big thing uh, high school seniors do sometimes at the end of their uh, senior year. So go to prom, and at, after prom was over, the relationship was over. But it took me two, two years, eight breakups, and my friends encouraging me to get out of this relationship. Now, it wasn't abusive or anything like that. It was just a matter of convenience. Uh, and my self-esteem at that time, I would, I'd say I was struggling. Um, so if anyone liked me, boy, that was a bonus, especially uh, a nice-looking young lady. And so I would always uh, go back, uh, tell my friends or tell myself that it's going to be better this time. She's given me these kind of guarantees. And so when I think about investments of time, energy, and effort, whether it's in, in dollars or money or stocks or bonds or even relationships, I think we all kind of tell ourselves a story that it's going to be better this time, but we're repeating the same behaviors over and over again. And that is the, the level of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I won't bore you with all the mm. other details, but that is, uh, that's my worst relational investment of my entire lifetime was, was those two years. Wow. I got some stuff to add to that. But before I do, what did you learn from this experience and how did it affect the rest of your life? Well, what I learned was that uh, I'm better than this. I'm better than that. Uh, I deserve better. I better take other risks. I better not go into a shell. I better take other risks and, and really listen as opposed to, you know, just going interior to myself, just trying to listen to myself. I better be open, you know, to other feedback, you know, from my friends or from my family instead of becoming very reclusive and uh, non-responsive to some of the feedback I was getting. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I uh, let me summarize what I take away from your story. There's a few things that I can relate to. One of them, I love the idea of listening. And, you know, there's signs all around us when things aren't right. It's just that sometimes we just oh, we don't open the door to it. And I think the, the second thing uh, besides listening is the self-esteem. I think uh, you said something that I used to always say about my first girlfriend when, when I was when I was about 20. And uh, I just, I moved, I went to California to work at my godfather's camp and this lovely, beautiful woman, you know, all of a sudden ended up being my girlfriend and I couldn't really figure it out. But when a friend of mine asked me, what do you like about her? And I said that she likes me, that would be enough. 
you know, and uh, so my expectations were really low. <laughs> and you know, I'd take whatever I could get. But I remember I moved from Ohio to California to be with her after I had been with her over the summer. She'd come back to Ohio to see me and basically everything was great. She went to France and then I got in a car and drove with my best friend, Dave. I arrived in California three days later and then we met up and she said, she said, I want to break up. And uh, I did what any self-respecting man who just left his home, sold everything he owned, packed up his car, left Ohio and flew, you know, drove all the way to California. I said, I'm begging you, let's stay together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do Which is what any self-respecting. Yeah. Exactly. So unfortunately, that prolonged the relationship for another six months. And I had somebody ask me yesterday about you know, what was my pain during that time of the breakup? And then I told uh, Santia about this, who I was talking about. And basically what I told her was that uh, I ended up working to an extreme. I took up three jobs and I worked. I didn't feel the pain until afterwards. So I did that to get through it. I wouldn't advise it, but it was my way of coping. And when my friend came to pick me up and I moved from uh, moved to a new place and finally broke up with her, I was it was a painful uh, loss. But you know, I stayed in that relationship a little bit like you did because of the self-esteem and also she liked me and all the, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really listening. So those are some of the things I take away from it. So let me ask you then, based on this story and your experience since then, what specific actions can you recommend to our listeners to help them protect their investment of time in relationships? I think it's what we've, the theme we've been talking about is listening and also overcoming fear. You know, as a guy or as guys, it's not always cool to admit that you don't know the way and you're fearful actually inter internally of admitting that. And so if you can acknowledge the fear or the insecurity and invite someone in who you trust and cares about you and cares about your well being and it, they really can become your sage and, and kind of help you through. So it's a matter of staying open, acknowledging your insecurities, acknowledging your fears, and staying open, not staying closed. Fantastic. Well, there you have it, fellow risk takers. Another painful story of loss, in this case, time, to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Mike, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Before we close, can you leave some parting words with our audience? Yeah, the true definition of insanity is what I just described, is continuing doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. So change your mindset, change your actions more, more than that, than anything, and you'll get different results. Yeah. And that just to add on, there's a saying that Mike used to say to me when I was sitting on the sofa <laughs> at the treatment center, he used to say, what action are you taking today, Andrew? And it wasn't much most of the time, but Mike always said, you, it, it's, you got to act your way into better thinking rather than think your way into better action. So uh, I think action steps is what's key. So I appreciate that from you, Mike. Well, 
Well, you're welcome, Andrew. Anytime. You're, uh, it's hum- it's yeah. humbling to be with you throughout the years and glad to be a part of your life today. Rock yeah. on. There you go, fellow risk takers. Another great story to help you create, grow, and protect your wealth. In this case, your wealth of time. I'll see you on the upside.